0: My name is Ron Cool. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside. Welcome to all of you. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. And a blessed Thanksgiving to all of you. I, I really, I pray that you experience the, the joy of being grateful and of uh, gathering together, perhaps with friends. Otherwise, just enjoying God's good gifts and giving thanks to God. So a blessed Thanksgiving to you. And I also wanted to just say, I, I thank God for you. I thank God for your faithfulness, for uh, the way you serve him, the way you love him, the way you encourage me, the way you walk with me. And, and, and so just thank, I thank God for you as well. I want to begin this morning with something that's a little bit dangerous, um, but I want to begin with an assumption. I know we all know what can happen when we assume, but I want to begin with an assumption, but I think it's a safe one. And, and, it, and the assumption is this that that we all who are gathered here and are joining online, we want to be thankful. We, we genuinely want to be thankful, all right? I, we know that the Bible tells us to be thankful. Time and time again, we are commanded to be thankful. Paul, in 1 Thessalonians 5, says this. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks all the time, we are called to be thankful. Colossians 3, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And Be thankful, be thankful. Ephesians 5, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father in every, for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, always giving thanks. The Bible calls us to be thankful. We want to obey that command, all right? And so we want to be thankful. But we actually, fascinatingly, in the last 40 years, this has been a topic of study by scientists. And scientists now tell us it's really good to be grateful. It's good for us to be grateful. The Mayo Clinic put out a statement that said this. It's that expressing gratitude is associated with a host of mental and physical benefits. Studies have shown that feeling thankful can improve sleep, Mood and immunity. You'll get sick less if you're a grateful person. Gratitude can decrease depression, anxiety, difficulties with chronic pain, and risk of disease. Harvard Medical School, pretty decent place, said this. "In, in, In positive psychology research, gratitude is strongly and consistently associated with greater happiness. The more grateful we are, the happier we are. Gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. Gratitude is an amazing thing, all right? It's good for us to be grateful, and and so I assume that we really do want to be grateful. The question is how? How do we nurture that? How do we grow in gratitude? In order to answer that, I want to look at a psalm of David where he gives thanks to God, all right? Psalm 103, it was written by David, as I said, King David. He was a shepherd boy who grew to be a king, and he also wrote many of the psalms. And a lot of them were just psalms praise the Lord, bless the Lord, give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 103 is a psalm of thanksgiving, it's a psalm of praise, a psalm of blessing. And what David does in this is, I think, something that's really important for us and something that you and I can do in order to grow in our gratitude. But this is a psalm, interestingly, I think, where David talks to himself. David encourages himself. In some of the psalms, he talks to God. How long, oh Lord, how long must we wait? Or we thank you, Lord, or whatever. Sometimes he talks to other people. Come, let us worship and give thanks and bow down and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Sometimes he talks to the sun and moon and stars, but this time he talks to himself. And I think talking to ourselves is a part of of growing in gratitude. So I want to encourage you to spend some time talking to yourself, encouraging yourself today to do what David did, all right? We see this from the very beginning of the psalm. Verse 1 says this, praise the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. He's, you know, he's not talking to God, not talking, just myself. Praise the Lord in all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Be grateful, give thanks to God. Praise his name. He goes on, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Down to verse 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Verse 13. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Remember that God knows how I am formed. Remember that, that, that he is so good. And in the end, praise the Lord, you His angels. So he does, he turns to others. Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, the sun, moon, and stars, you as servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. And then he comes back to himself. And it ends with these words. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord. And he talks to himself and he encourages himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we know we should be thankful. We really genuinely want to be thankful, but how do we do it, right? That's going to be the question. How do we grow in gratitude? As we looked at Psalm 103 this week, I think that there are three things that David points us to, three things that David thinks about, reflects on, that point us in the direction of growing in gratitude. And so uh, we're just going to call these three necessities for gratitude. And with each one, we're going to have kind of an assignment. And, And as we do these tasks, as we do these assignments, I think we'll discover that our gratitude grows, that we experience a, a deeper sense of gratitude. So three things about gratitude that are necessary. The first thing is this, we need a, a benefit, <laughs> a, a benefit. All three of them are gonna have the word bene in it, okay? It's the Latin word for good. So it, it, we need a benefit, a good gift. We need something like that. And, and I've said this before, but it is, I think, essential that we understand this. You cannot just, in, in, out of nowhere, you cannot just say, I'm gonna be grateful, Grateful is not a primary emotion, all right? It's not something that we can just produce all by itself. We try that with our kids, right? You should feel thankful. It never works. Why? Because gratitude is always a response. Gratitude is how God wired us up to feel. It is a response to a good gift. And so try as we might, unless there's a good gift, I can't feel grateful, okay? I'm always grateful for something, or someone. There has to be a gift there. It starts there. So I, I can't make myself feel grateful, but I can. And here's the task for the first one. I can't spend time remembering the good gifts God has given to me. That, that's, I think, why Thanksgiving Day can be so valuable because it causes us, or at least invites us, it invites us to slow down and to stop and to just count our blessings. And to recognize the good gifts that are there, the, the first step of experience and feeling gratitude is to recognize that life is full of good gifts from God. Even in the brokenness of our lives, there are good gifts from God. David talks about this. He says, "Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Remember, call to mind, see, notice, observe all His benefits. Right, all those good gifts." A- a- and he starts to list them off for himself: Who forgives all your sins? Right. Eric prays the Lord more than anything else, we thank you for Jesus. Think about that. Your sins are forgiven. Everything you've done wrong, everything you've ever said wrong. I mean, if we're honest, and I was talking with someone this week and and, and talking about it, there are certain things that I still, when I think about today that I've done, that I cringe when I think about them and I think, oh, I'm so sorry for what I, I still feel. And then I need to remember though, that all my sins are washed away. I need to remember that I am completely forgiven. I don't have to bear that burden anymore. In verse 12, David says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Friends, if you understand sin, if you understand the the sin in your life, that that you've said things that have damaged others, you've done things, you've failed to do things, we've all blown it, we've all sinned. But to recognize that our sins are forgiven, The hymn, When Peace Like a River, stanza three, my sin, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, every last one is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Thank you, Jesus, right? I mean, he just says, Lord, David shows us, he just says, all my inmost being, praise the Lord, praise him for for forgiving your sins who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. If you've had cancer and now you don't, you just thank God for that. You're getting your life back. Even if when you get sick and have the flu, I'm, I am a real baby when I get sick. I am amazed at how, how much it just debilitates me. And I'm like, oh, how do people? I don't know how those of you who live with constant pain do that. Because it just kills me. And when it's gone, thank you, Jesus. Now, some of you have already recognized it, but God doesn't heal all of our diseases, right? I mean, we have a lot of diseases here in this church. We've prayed, God, take it away. God, remove it. God, heal this person. We promise to praise you. And he doesn't heal all our diseases. I think if we ask David about it, he'd say in this life. He doesn't heal all of our diseases in this life, but one day he will. And so sometimes our gratitude is for what God will do, knowing that one day he is gonna just take away all the pain, all the cancer, all the brokenness, who redeems your life from the pit, from, from the, the, the place of death, the place of purposelessness, the place of emptiness. God has given me a purpose. God, God has given me something to do with my life. God is giving me meaning. He crowns you with love and, and compassion. David said, I'm so amazed that I am loved and I am accepted by God. I just stop and think about that. You are not alone. You are loved you are accepted. God crowns you with his compassion. He gives us so many good gifts. He satisfies your desires with good things. With wine that flows from the hills, with meat, with, with vegetables, with mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and all those wonderful good gifts so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I know in a broken world, those foods don't always make us like get renewed. Sometimes they give us a food coma. But, you know, I mean, we... <laughs> There are so many good gifts. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul, verse 2. Forget not all his benefits. Remember those things. Call those things to mind. Count your many blessings over and over and over again. I was, I was thinking about that. I want to give you start. And, and again, I really want to encourage you to, to take some time today, whether you write them down or not. I don't know. But I, I spent some time this week, and I thought the first thing that kind of came to my mind was eyes. I can see. God didn't have to create us with eyes, <laughs> but, but he did so that we can see mountains and rivers and tr- streams and, and fields and, and we can see people and I can see my grandchildren. I have eyes. They don't work perfectly. I need these glasses and they're getting weaker and, and I recognize some people don't have eyes, but I'm still thankful that in the midst of this broken world, God has decided that I get to see. I get to, I get to see people. I get to see things. I get to see in color. God could have done everything in black and white, but he didn't. I get to see red and green and yellow and blue and all these colors and and, and all that stuff. God thank you for my eyes. I, I thought of telephones, of, of these rather crazy things, right? And on the one hand, they drive me nuts, right? Phones that can drive us nuts. But but think about this. I last night I talked to my grandkids in New York. Last night I watched Jack and Alex play and I watched as Jack built a Lego thing and and, and as he said, Grandpa, look, I can kick myself in the head. Pray for him. (laughs) He's got really intelligent parents but he was so proud of himself. I said, Jack, how long do you think you ought to do that? I don't know. And he kept kicking himself in the head. Um, But I'm so thankful to God that he gave somebody the brains to invent this. And that with, with... Zoom calls or with FaceTime, and this afternoon I'll call my grandkids and see them and my kids, but the grandkids out in Colorado, and I'll, I'll see them. I, I mean, telephones. I, can you imagine how, how we can talk to people? We can. I got pictures this morning of kids, you know, grandkids and so on. I think of good friends. I, I think especially this year, this Thanksgiving, of my good friend, Pastor George, who died in August. I, 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 I'm just so thankful for him, for the gift that he was to me, for what he taught me, for the laughter we had. Was he a perfect gift? No, I wasn't either. But we had a good friendship, and it was a good gift. And and maybe you have good friends, and you're thankful for them. As I was thinking about this, I thought it reminds me, and all of these, it's true with all of these, that that what we're grateful for is always kind of in the midst of something else. Right, I'm thankful for George, but I miss him. And, and, and Luce Meads says about that, he said, in this world, in a broken world, he says, we have to recognize that our gratitude will always be a little mixed. We're always thankful for one thing in spite of something else. And, and, and if we wait till there's no something else, if we wait till everybody's lives are perfect, we'll never be grateful. And, and, and so... Our, our grace, I think our gratitude in this world will always be a little muted, right? Because there's always somebody who's in need. There's always somebody who's struggling. But we can still be grateful for this in spite of this. I can be thankful them, grateful for the years I had with George in spite of the fact that he's gone. Every time we announce a baby here, I think every time, um, at least almost every time, we announce a baby here, I am so excited. I am so thankful to God for healthy babies. But you know what? also been around long enough to know a number of you, and I'm sure there are more, but moms who've had miscarriages. We announce the birth of a baby, and some of you cringe. Some of you experience pain, and, 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 and we have to learn how to somehow celebrate and give thanks for what's good in the midst of a world where there's still a lot of hurt and pain. I think of it with some of you who have lost kids, talking with somebody not too long ago. He said, oh, I'm so thankful for the way that kid has turned it out. Man, they're so great. And that's how old my daughter would have been this year. I'm thankful in spite of something else. And that's the way gratitude is. David shows us this again in Psalm 103. It's a psalm of praise, and he's listing all these amazing things, forgiveness and, you know, all of this stuff. And then right in the middle of it, it's kind of strange, but I think he's trying to teach us this lesson right in the middle of it, verses 15 and 16. You know, God is so good, and life is a gift, and he heals all our diseases. And then he gets, like, really depressed or something because he says, the life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like the flowers of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Give thanks to the Lord, even though you know, you're going to die soon, and nobody's going to remember you. Uh, right? But I think he's saying, you know, in the midst of this kind of a world, I still say praise the Lord. In the midst of a world where we die, in the midst of a world where the fact is, again, people move on, and, and so on. And in the midst of all that, he says, but still... From everlasting, verse 17, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. We give thanks to God for one thing in the midst and in spite of something else, God's presence in tough times. The number of times I've heard people say, I'm not thankful for my cancer, but I am thankful for the one who has me in the midst of my cancer thankful for God's presence in the midst of this difficulty, thankful for one thing in spite of something else. So count your blessings, just look at the stuff that's around you, all right? So that's what, we, it's, it starts with that, right? It starts with a good gift. There's no gratitude without a gift. Thanksgiving is always for something, all right? So we need a benefit, a good gift. The second thing we need is, and, and we don't always think about this, but I, I hope you'll get it, and I hope I'll explain it clearly enough, but we need a benefactor, okay, we need a benefit, but we need a benefactor. This is a good giver. We need somebody to give the gift, all right? We're always thankful for something, but God wired us up also to always be thankful to someone. When we get a gift, we, we don't just stop at the giver, we or at the gift, rather, we, we wanna we wanna look for the giver, we wanna say thank you to the giver. Imagine that after the service, you're out in the foyer, and somebody comes up to you and says, "I can't tell you who, but somebody wanted me to give this to you." and They give you an envelope, and you open it up, and it's got 500 bucks in it. Well, what's your? Who did this? I I at least need to say thank you. I I at least need to. I mean, I got this, this. Is what's this for? It's it's a gift. They just wanted to bless you. They just wanted to give this to you, and. And we feel shortchanged if we can't thank somebody, right? And at our worst, we want to pay them back. But at our best, we want to just say thank you, right? Gratitude requires somebody to give us a gift. It's not just a random thing. If, if you find 500 bucks out in the woods and, and, and you can't figure out whose it is, you might be happy and excited, but you won't be grateful because nobody gave it to you. You just found it. Well, you I might mean, give thanks to God. It's interesting, to, when I think about people who, uh, friends I have who are atheists, who don't believe there's a God, this is one of the places where they struggle with it. <laughs> they, they struggle with it at, with not believing in a God at death, but also at a time when, when somebody who was really sick gets well. And, 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 and they, they, when, when they get a gift, and they know it's a gift, and something really good has happened, and they're amazed, and they're overwhelmed, and what they're feeling is gratitude, but they don't know who to thank, and so they, I, I thank, I, I thank my lucky stars, Okay, I thank the universe. David says, No. We can thank the ultimate giver. Because whether you know the intermediary, the person, or whoever God used, or whether he used any means, the ultimate giver of every good gift is God. He's our benefactor, He's the one who gives to us. David doesn't just say, Praise, oh my soul. No, it's praise the Lord, oh my soul. Forget not uh, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. This is praise has to go somewhere. Thanks has to go somewhere. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. Uh, James uh, says this in in the New Testament. He says in chapter one, every good and perfect gift is from God above, coming down from the the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And, and, And so, the second task is to make sure that we don't just stop at the gift but we go back to the giver that, that we recognize that. And that's why at the beginning, I, I thank you for being faithful, but ultimately I thank God for you. I thank God for your faithfulness. I thank God that he gave somebody the brains to invent a phone. I thank God for means of healing. And so it has to go somewhere. So we need a benefit. We need a benefactor, a good giver. And then we need one more thing. And in some ways, this is a place where sometimes our gratitude misses because what we need is a beneficiary. That's a good receiver. <laughs> and here I'm talking about us. You, you see, what we need is, is somebody who, who receives, well, here we need to receive the gift as a gift. If I'm going to be grateful, I need to recognize that whatever good this is that I've received, it's a gift because I'm not thankful, right? I'm not thankful for what I believe I've earned, if, if, let's go back to our person giving us $500 in the foyer, right? If they give it to us and, 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 and you know, they say, here's this, and we open it up and there's 500 bucks, and we say, well, who's this from? And they say, well, you did some work for Pete last month, and he's just paying you for it. Well, you say, oh, okay, thanks. I mean, I'm glad Pete paid me, but I earned it. It's just what he owes me, Right? I, I, I can be grateful that I could do the work or whatever, but I'm, I'm not great. It's this $500 is not a gift. It's what I've earned. And, and, and part of what happens, I think, is a lot of us fall into the trap of saying, well, I've earned my life. I've, I, the house, I've, I've, I've built, worked hard. I, I don't know thanks to God for the house. I earned it. I paid for it. I don't know. And, and, and we have this sense that we've earned our way. We want to stand on our own two feet. We'll never be grateful Unless we understand that what we have is a gift from God. That everything we have is a gift from God. I'm not thankful for what I believe I'm entitled to. And I think this is on the increase in our culture today. A sense of entitlement, right? Uh, Well, I I just deserve this. Uh, Imagine this. Imagine that you have a 13-year-old. The Lord be with you. But imagine you have a 13-year-old and your 13-year-old goes to school and 75% of the kids have cell phones. Your kid's going to come home and say, I need a cell phone. I need a cell phone. Why? Because, well, I just deserve it. I'm 13, and everybody who's 13 in my school has one. And you'll buy them a cell phone, perhaps. But they won't be grateful, because they deserved it. They were entitled to it. I'm 13 going to this school. Ergo, I, therefore, I get a cell phone. And that is all over in our world, where people say, well, oh, I just, I'm entitled to all of this stuff. I can remember one time, and it didn't work but trying to convince my children that all Tammy and I owed them as their parents was bread, water, and a roof over their heads. And everything else was a gift. Everything else was gravy. The walls, they weren't necessary. We don't owe you that. The carpet on the floor, that's a gift. The bed you sleep in, that's a gift. The sheets on the bed, that's a gift. The pillow on the bed, that's a gift. The butter for your bread, no, we don't owe you that. We don't owe peanut butter. We don't owe you that. We don't owe you hot. We don't owe you anything. Everything we give you is a gift. But it's only when we start to actually understand that's the case with us and God that we really start to be grateful. God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us the good gifts that he gives to us. Yet he does give it to us. The fact is, if God only gave us what he owed us, we'd all be dead in the water, right? Verse 10 of Psalm 103, uh, David says, God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. God doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us grace. And, And so part of what I want you to do today is to think of the gifts, remember the giver, but also remember, God, I don't really deserve any of that. I I, I may have made the payments on the house, but you gave me the ability to work. Every breath in my lungs, you gave me. If I figured out a problem, you gave me brain cells. God, It's just a gift. G.K. Chesterton once said this. Uh, Again, it will help, I think, with gratitude. Here dies another day during which I have had eyes, ears, hands, and the great world around me. And with tomorrow begins another. Why am I allowed to why am I allowed to? If you want to grow in gratitude, we need to remember that God doesn't owe us the gifts that he gives to us. It, 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 there's just so, God is so full of grace and, and when we understand that, say, so you know what, I know it's a broken world and it, but I'm going to focus on not what I don't have but what I do Say, God, thanks. You didn't need to give me all this. You don't need to give me tomorrow. You don't need to give me this afternoon. You don't give me, need to give me a conversation. When they, but you do that, and so God, thank you, and we bless you. So those a benefit, we need a benefactor, and we need a beneficiary. Let's wrap it up with this. Again, the four activities for you today. There might be some other ones that you do, all right. Um, might be a football game to watch or whatever, a turkey to eat. But count your blessings, Okay. Really slow down and just look around wherever you are. Think of the people who are sitting right next to you right now. Yeah, they might sometimes drive you nuts, but they're a blessing. Don't stop at the gifts, but remember that they come from God. Remember that everything we have is a gift, and then give thanks. Let it rip, and just say, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we want to we wanna be grateful. We want to experience that. So give us eyes to see all the good gifts that you've surrounded us with. Give us just ears to hear laughter and joy. Give us the ability, Father, to, to recognize your goodness even in the midst of the broken world. And for those of us who right now are in the midst of a real valley, Lord, help us just to be able to recognize that you're still with us You're with us in the midst of this dark place, and so we give you thanks for that. Father, remind us that that you do this not because you owe it to us, but out of love. That you crown us with love and compassion, That, that you don't give us what we deserve, but you give us so many good gifts. So hear our praise, accept our thanks, and give us your joy. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.